It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Scheduled here to catch up with Michael Phillips. Uh, Going to check and make sure he's still good to go. Um, and if we catch up with Michael in at 515, that's perfectly okay. I want to talk more about this monumental thing, though, real quick. Um, because I am still of the belief that this thing is a 50-50 shot of happening. Um and I would say it's less than 50-50 of going, of happening on time. And that's not, I don't have any reporting on this. Um, so I realize like I've just undercut my own, uh, I don't want to say credibility because I'm telling you like what I know and what I don't. But part of what I know is math and timelines and chronology. The year is 20, uh, oh, apparently we don't have Phillips. Did you, Anthony, did you uh, check in with him? Uh, today? I did not. I thought you... Did. Should we go to the tape? Oh, this is about to be a fine for Anthony. Oh, man. Oh, good. Thanks, man. I'm going to tell Phillips, and then we're going to go to the tape. So this morning, uh, I said, let's grab Phillips one last time. Other than that, TBD, as we were talking about the rundown early. Uh... And then you replied, did you reach out to him already? And I said, not yet. <laughs> ah, where is the marker? Uh, the, the good news, Anthony, I think for you is that the marker is dead. And I think I threw it out. So I got to get a new dry erase marker. But you, sir... That little that little spot right there. Yeah, you see where the marker was dying as I marked up your fine points? That's gonna get filled in with five. And I think that's a fifteen. I think that's a fifteen. Not confirming with the guests you asked about. You usually like nine times out of ten, you usually check in with Phillips. That's why I had asked if you had already reached out. But yeah. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, that's a 10 because I did say not yet, which does imply that I could, but also was meant to say like, no, I have not. You should do it. But you were asking about it in the way that's like, should I do this? So I'm going to say that's not a 50. In fact, you know what? I'll do this. I will reduce the fine to five. However, that does bonk it out where it looks like we might be getting lunch this week. Well, and, there it is. And a historic, lopsided uh, payment. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times five is 40 for me. That is a 60-40 split for young Anthony Haney to have to buy lunch. I think we've had one of these before. I think actually it was like 70-30 one time. It's a story because it's the first time you have to pay more. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. But I do I do think you're correct. I do think the first one I had to pay a lot. <laughs> um, so what day do you want to do lunch this week? We could do it. We have our meeting with CK on Wednesday. Do you want to just purchase food before or after that? Yeah, that's cool. All right. Wednesday it is. All right. So you What did you have for lunch today, by the way? You were carrying around a whole plate. Um, so I had some food from my uh, Super Bowl party. 
Yeah, we they have. were begging us to uh, take food. I didn't really want to take food, but they begged us to. So I had some uh, spinach dip. Uh, I had some pasta, some chicken. Solid. Yeah. I had some leftover mac and cheese and some leftover turkey burger sliders. Very good. Excellent stuff. All right, so now that we've gotten that straightened out, we're not going to have Michael Phillips. Let's do this. Um, as, instead of rushing right now, because it's almost time to break anyway. I'm going to break a little bit early. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk more about this monumental uh, thing. And then, coming up at 5.30, uh, NFL year in review. Uh, we have all of our picks from the beginning of the year, teams that would win, players that would win awards. We'll go through it. We'll get back. Anthony's got some strong takes on the Super Bowl. We'll get to those. Plenty still to come here on the Hoffman Show. Has the internet broken yet? I think so. Beyonce? Country album? The, the hints have been there. By the way, our early prediction, getting this on the record now, uh, the Hoffman household prediction is that Act 3 of Renaissance, so Act 1 was the house album. Act 2 is now this country album coming March 29th from Beyonce. Act 3 will be a rock album. Rock? Okay. Think about it. What has she done? She has taken traditionally black genres that have been dominated in recent years by white artists, and she has reclaimed them. And she has done so by having samples and writing, et cetera, for some of the lost legends of the genre. So, I mean, Beyonce's from Houston. It makes a lot of sense. She also can do anything because she's her. So rock would be the logical third act. Okay. Just say it. Putting that on the record. I, I can uh, pick up what you're putting down. All right. So we'll see that so probably sometime in 2025. Uh, anyway, right now, on a uh, more uh, on topic in terms of this sports radio show uh, topic, not uh, if you missed it, Beyonce uh, Verizon commercial last night. Have I broken the internet? And it announces new music, uh, a country album that's coming out in March. But much closer to home, much more on the sports front. Monumental Sports took a big blow today. And... I would say since the announcement that they are headed to Virginia in late last year, that that was their plan. They have taken nothing but blows to that plan. That does not mean that plan is dead. That does not mean that they are not going to Virginia. That does not mean that it will ultimately get across the finish line. But there is a lot that is happening right now and a lot that still has to be done for this to happen. The latest happens today uh, when the Senate of Virginia, the state Senate, announces that they are not going to take up in the finance committee, and thus they can't get it to the full Senate, the bill that Glenn Youngkin wanted to see happen to propose the financing for the $2 billion that the Commonwealth ultimately will give, or will, will loan, we'll say, to Ted Leonsis and Monumental to build this stadium. The way these things work on the most baseline of levels is that the AAA rating of a city like D.C., who has that, or a state like Virginia allows them to get bonds that a private business person or a private business, Leonsis or Monumental, could not get. Uh, they get all of that money, and then ultimately they will hopefully pay it back, or some of they pay some of it back, however the agreement is structured. Now, it's important to say on the front end here, this thing is not dead because there is a version of this that will go through the House, and then the hope is they can negotiate off that version, but the Senate right now would not support it. So 
this comes on the heels of multiple things. First and foremost, I think the backlash has been pretty significant, not just from DC folks who are mad, but from Virginians themselves, both downstate in the Commonwealth, where it is an enormous state with tremendous uh, variety in terms of wants, needs, desires, hopes, wishes, dreams of things that politicians can get done from bridges and roads to education funding to uh, things to fight crime or, 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 you know, public safety funding to all the other things that are subsidies for farmers. Like everything is in play at a state in a state like Virginia because it is so varied in who lives there and what types of areas a variety of House and senators or House members and senators serve. Uh, you have people serving extremely rural areas, suburban areas, and urban areas all coming together to try to fight for their piece of the pie. And to see $2 billion go to Northern Virginia because they can get the D.C. sports teams there and finally have pro sports teams in the state is not something that a lot of people downstate are super psyched about in terms of use of funds. So that is kind of the base undertones in terms of Virginia. And on a statewide level, there is also the local neighborhood folks who are like, I don't want this. And then you also have the reality of the crossover with D.C. and to an extent Maryland, where if you're going to mess over the traffic around Reagan Airport, around D.C.A., around National, like that's a huge regional issue. Like that is not something to be to be pushed over. And we talked about that on the day that happened with uh, the traffic reporter from NBC4 talking about the the real issues that are at play here with Metro and with, with car traffic if this Potomac Yard situation comes through. There is also what I would call run-of-the-mill silly politics. Some of it is actually silly and is just posturing. Some of it is substantive. Um, I would say the run-of-the-mill but somewhat silly politics is... The idea that this is happening because Glenn Youngkin gave a speech this weekend. Now, political speeches can say all kinds of things. This is by no means an endorsement of what Glenn Youngkin said. But I do think that the Democrats in the Virginia State Senate who are saying, you're being mean to us. And the stuff Youngkin said is ridiculous, in in my opinion. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but like... I get why they're upset, um, and I get why you wouldn't want to work with someone who says these things. But that's the job. The job is to be able to tell your story about the other side and then go and have a meeting and work with them anyway. Um, But that said, this is not the first time that Virginia State Democrats have kind of, I would say, used some form of political speech perhaps as a trampoline to get where they wanted to go anyway which is to vote against it. The substance is there. It is just enhanced. The political speech, first, I can't believe this sentence is about to come out of my mouth and it to be a true thing. But first, by Jack Del Rio, and then by Glenn Youngkin, is an excuse, is a launching pad, is a trampoline, is, is a door to get to where they wanted to go which was no in a way that is more political palatable, politically palatable. And in that way, in the same way that Nunkin's speech is politics, so is what they're doing. 
This is just makes it easier to a certain subset of people to justify something that they wanted to do anyway. This was a door that got opened and they're thrilled to be able to walk through it. But at the end of the day, those types of things tend to be overcome if there's enough substance to get the deal done. In the case of the Commander Stadium, it wasn't really about Jack Del Rio saying the nonsense he did about January 6th. It was about the fact that you had a bunch of state senators that were like, Daniel Snyder sucks. We don't want to be in business with this guy. This is an excuse out of it. We're done here. We're not going back. We're not doing business with Snyder. And I think for some folks that don't really want to work with Yunkin because they don't trust him, maybe on substance, this is an excuse to be like, I don't want to work with this guy. Or they think it's a bad investment. They don't want to work with Leonsis. They've seen maybe perhaps some of what Leonsis has said in the past couple of weeks and been like, I don't know that I want to be in business with this dude. He doesn't seem to get it. He's surprised by the blowback. Like, come on. If this is if this is this this is your self-awareness, this is your awareness of your place in the world. I don't know that we want to get into business with you because either substantively we don't, or we realize that maybe you're not as bad as Snyder, but a lot of people who are constituents of mine don't really like you. And being on the side of being anti-billionaire is the most popular side a politician can be on in America and certainly in all parts of the Commonwealth. So whatever the reason, whatever the excuse, you now get down to the, the nitty gritty of is there actual substance here that makes it worth it for these politicians to be able to help their constituents or be able to justify to those same constituents a now second change of heart? One of the key people on this is Senator Luis Lucas, who spoke today, uh, this sound courtesy of Matthew Torres, uh, who I believe is one of Eric's colleagues at WUSA 9. And she, he asked her, he, Matthew Torres, asked Senator Luis Lucas, who is from down in the uh, Virginia, uh, Virginia Beach area, uh, her response to if there's anything that can be done to change her mind a second time. And is there anything else that can't be done to get your vote? Probably not, especially since the governor wants to put the full faith and credit of the Commonwealth behind this project, which is a complete and total turnoff for me. I am not going to serve as the chair of finance and appropriation after all these years of waiting to get in that seat to have something like that happen. Just not going to do it. So that sound courtesy of WUSA 9. Um, it, this is the problem. It's just one of them, though. Like the money is one thing because ultimately what might happen here is they just go, Ted, look, man, you're going to have to pay for either all of this or a lot more than you anticipated. And if the money's there, which they can figure out, money can always be moved around, then the project is on. But I also wonder if when they go to appropriating the land here, if that can get done, like do, does Monumental have enough to actually buy it? Can they get the permits to do this because of the overwhelming impact on the region? And again, I'm not even now at this point talking about my biggest gripe with all of this, which is the cultural significance of pulling a basketball team out of the District of Columbia, which to me is preposterously ridiculous. But on a more 
on a less uh, cultural, more substantive, practical level, I don't know if they have what it takes here because there is a lot to overcome. And if they've got to pay extra, like how much money does Ted have? How much does he want to sink into it? Especially when Bowser writes this op-ed in the post over the weekend saying there's going to be a legal battle, which means more money spent on lawyers. And the district is offering $500 million for them to stay and do an $800 million renovation on Capital One and get a lot of what they want in D.C. So it's like you could fight all this stuff and move and get this dream facility that you want and have it cost you a boatload of money or you can stay and work with the city and kind of come crawling back and what does that mean i i, I guess the the bigger the there's so much to unpack here moving forward as different decisions are made right there's a lot of a lot of uh script still unwritten here the one thing that i think is final is ted leonsis's reputation has taken an enormous hit um, for years, there was a lot of Capitals and Wizards fans, rightly or wrongly, um, saying that that Ted is lucky that Dan is in town. That Snyder's horribleness in every facet was hiding a lot of bad ownership at Monumental. And to an extent, the same with the Nats, but obviously they were winning a lot. Um, and so, whatever, we don't need to deal with that right now. Point is, Ted can't hide behind Dan anymore. And Ted not only hiding behind is not hiding behind Dan, but has now thrust himself into the spotlight with this. And either he's going to have to play a lot of politics and spend a lot of money to overcome what is happening in Virginia to get it across the finish line, and in doing so, continue to give the stiff arm to D.C. and probably not get what he wants in D.C. because it is pretty clear that Bowser is going to fight this till the end of. Uh, end of of whatever she's can to make it so that Ted doesn't get to keep the arena if he pulls the teams and that he, he Ted's you know it, it's like they had this grand plan and included a, a revamp of DC and, and their partnership with DC and they never even ran it by DC they just told DC what was going to happen and Bowser's like that is not how this works sir and so you have all of this happening with Virginia where he has taken a hit DC is like I hate you and for a guy who could have gone down as someone who revitalized this, you know, the Wizards and did st- smart stuff with hiring Michael Winger and, you know, revitalized downtown and was a part of the solution for an area that a lot of people would love to see thrive, instead he's become a villain. And it, that that is what it is. Um, how he overcomes it, can he turn that... That narrative again, it's all on the table. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of politics to to be played here. But it does feel like the one thing that is for certain right now, you know, for unfortunately, if you're Ted Leonsis, is your reputation is permanently damaged. And it all, I, I think the thing that, that bugs me is it all seems so ridiculously avoidable. When we get back, it's... Uh, our year-end around the NFL, if you will. We'll review all of our preseason picks. How did Anthony and I do? That's next on The Hoffman Show. It's The Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. 
Coming up at the top of the hour, more on the Super Bowl. Uh, right now, though, Anthony, it is time for our NFL. Like, Monday's 5.30. We typically go around the NFL. Uh, so it's time for kind of our year in review around the NFL. Uh, I love also uh, when this happens, when Anthony continues to play the rejoin song uh, where only he can hear it, and thus we get a free Anthony dance party. Yes. Yes. That was definitely yes. just happening. I don't know, man. Usher still got me hyped from yesterday, man. It was great. It Fantastic, was great. man. I saw someone say Usher was easily the worst part of the halftime show um, in the in the YouTube uh, comments, which I think is kind of funny. I don't think it's correct, but I don't know who was. Like, they were all just kind of exactly. I mean, I guess Alicia Keys was because I guess she missed the first note. They, yeah. They had, they had some sound issues as well. Yeah, that definitely was noticeable for sure. But definitely she was still great. Yes. I think I think like you just get so excited to see everybody. Uh huh. Luda had the fro out, all the way out. I was like, good gracious, he had the big boots on. Yeah, we had yeah. Usher skating. Yeah, Usher skating. I I don't know how he does all that he does. Are you a good skater, by the way? I haven't skated in a long time. Oh, but I was man. pretty good as a kid. Okay. I mean, like, I could get around the rink and it was like pretty quick, but I wasn't. I you wasn't weren't doing... skating backwards. I mean, I could skate backwards, but really, like, I could never do it. Yeah, and you just kind of watch enough hockey defenseman, and you're like, do what they do. Yeah, because your little seven year old brain is like monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> that's how that's how kids' brains work. Their, their learning capacity when you're a child is like off the charts. When when we eventually have kids, we're just gonna like play like sound and stuff in different languages. Like we're are we're gonna try to create a genius by age five. Mm. I don't know if Rachel's on board with that yet, but I. Baby geniuses. Yeah, we're just gonna be like, "Cómo estás?" All right, that's good. We got the Spanish. Uh, Saba bien. Okay, we got that. And then what was that? Et toi. Et toi. Saba bien. Oui. Darien. Okay. Uh, let's get to uh, our around the NFL season review, Anthony Haney. Um, first, first and foremost, uh, we both picked the, the Chiefs in the game. Yes, on Friday. Yes, we did, but at the beginning of the year, you had the 49ers, and you did not get that correct. Yep, yeah, well, I uh, things change. They do indeed. Apparently, my wife is listening. Apparently, we're not going to hack parenting and have a genius by age five. There goes my plan. <laughs> Darn it. Okay. Uh, anyway, back to the back to the predictions. So you, I had I had the Niners winning uh, over who? You had the Niners. Over the Bengals. Yeah, that, that died early. Yeah. And I had the uh the Eagles over the Bills. And yeah. That, that died that died early in the playoffs. Super early. Yeah. First round. Yeah. Well at least both your teams made the playoffs. Yeah. That was that was nice. Um Yeah, I just I by Friday I was just like, you know what? I can't pick against Mahomes. Like, even at the 106.7, the fan versus the Team 98 Live event, I was still on the Niners, but I was like, you know what? That's stupid. I'm not picking against Mahomes again. And it turned out to be the right call. Yep. So, um, I've already seen odds for 2025 uh, and, or slash the 2024 season, uh, 2025 Super Bowl, which is down in New Orleans. And the Niners are the favorites going into the year. Again? Do you, do you think that they'll make any significant changes? Like, are they going to just keep going with Purdy? Do they try to get a, a? Do they try to like whether it's go sign Kirk or try to get 
an upgrade, like a, a more significant upgrade at quarterback. How much of the fault or the blame pie do you give Purdy for the loss? Very little. Exactly. So I don't think Purdy's the problem. Same. And I saw some quotes from some Chiefs coaches afterwards that were like, that dude ripped apart our zone coverage. Yeah. And um, he had a really good QBR compared to like everybody else that faces Chiefs defense. This Chiefs defense is real. And he right. had some big plays. One, Some of them got called back, like the big play to Kittle, got called back for holding. Like, But there were also, you know, those plays that, you know, you get, you got to make. Granted, there's pressure coming down on you, but those moments right there, those are the, the differences between winning and losing, to be honest. If I'm San Francisco, I merely double down, try to add some more depth. But, like, you're going to get the Funga back. Yep. You hope to have Greenlaw back by the playoffs next year. Um, like... I would just I would just keep going and rely on internal development. Yep. I would hope that Jake Moody learns how to get the ball off of his foot this offseason uh, on a more consistent trajectory. If not, I would go find another kicker uh, for competition. I might do that anyway, even though I was a fourth rounder last year. Um, so yeah, like I if I'm San Francisco, I'm doubling down. I'm not panicking. I'm just not. I agree. I'm 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 rolling with Purdy. I'm rolling with Purdy, and uh, they'll be back. They they will be back. But again, their window is closing. Just like the Bills, I think. Like Josh Allen is no longer on his rookie contract anymore. So like you gotta continue to, you know, win and capitalize on these moments where you're playing on a, a rookie quarterback. Yeah, contract. You, well, it's that, but it's also like if you're as reliant as they are on McCaffrey, right? That too. You're a running back. Like when does he hit the wall? When is he no longer McCaffrey? Like that's that's something that I would prioritize if I was them this offseason is trying to get and maybe you just use Elijah Mitchell more, but like I would try to get another playmaking running back and take some of the regular season beating off of McCaffrey. Yeah. So they of use like, him a ton. They use him a ton. Sort of like what the Lions do with uh Montgomery and Gibbs. Like Gibbs down the line is gonna be good because you have Montgomery, you know, to offset all the, the the action that you're getting. They're both thousand yard, you know, running backs. So I think um I think it I think you're right if they just take a little bit of a load off of McCaffrey. Yeah, make sure that he's fresh for the playoffs. Not that he wasn't, he was still very good, but thirty touches yesterday, Craig. Thirty. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Super Bowl though. You right. Go but like that's out. the thing is I want him <laughs> I want thirty touches for him in the Super Bowl. Uh -huh. I don't want thirty touches for him in a random regular season game. Yeah. because um, I think I'm good enough to win otherwise. And obviously they'll continue to develop. Maybe you get a, another big play wide receiver, like a more traditional. But, I mean, Jennings has been great for them. Debo's Debo. Like, he has his spot. Ayuk is great. They're going to have to pay Ayuk soon. So, like, that's the stuff that starts to happen for them even before you deal with Purdy's contract. Okay. By the way, they're lucky they drafted Purdy. Because if he was an undrafted free agent, uh, this would be the year for him. Yep. They got one more. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of, of MVP type of stuff, uh, Lamar wins the MVP last Thursday at the NFL Honors. His second which I believe is something you got correct, Mr. Anthony Haney. It is indeed. I project this was going to be the year Lamar stayed healthy because he could have been in the conversation all those other years, but injuries piled up every year for Lamar. When he's healthy, the Ravens are a danger, I mean a threat in, in the AFC. So I could see him, you know, being in the conversation again next year. For sure. They definitely will be. We'll see how they, you know, play defensively as it changes uh, on staff. McDonald going out to Seattle, but who did I have as, as MVP? You had Burrow. Burrow. He got hurt. Yeah. Well, I know. think he'll probably be back there if I might he I might do something. it again next year. Uh oh, there it is. Running back. We'll see. Uh <laughs> although I think I might also go Mahomes. It feels like he's due for one. And people are gonna be like, Oh, this is the year of Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh 
you got Lamar right. Yep. Uh, neither of us got the Super Bowl right, although I was close. Uh, what else did we have? We had Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year? Yep, I had Offensive Player of the Year, Christian McCaffrey. You had Jamar Chase. Damn. I yeah. really went hard on the Bengals, huh? Yeah, you did. Uh, that did not happen on my end. It did happen on yours. Yes, McCaffrey, Offensive Player of the Year. I just knew, like, building off, when he first got to San Fran, the, la- the second part of that season, I just knew this was probably going to be a big year. And we already knew what kind of a player he was. He's had 2,000 all-purpose yards before. And in that offense, it was only right that, you know, they put the team. he put the team on his back. Uh, and then Defensive Player of the Year, who did I have? You had Parsons, but I thought I had Garrett. I had T.J. Watts. Mm. I had T.J. Watts. We both had, had good picks, but it was yeah. not. There was, was not top Miles three. Garrett. Yeah. Uh, what rookie of the year? We did rookie of the year. I had C.J. Stroud. And you had B. John Robinson. <sighs> who won it? it? Was Stroud right? Who got yeah. it? Yeah, Stroud. Stroud got it. Yeah. Yep. Um, which, as he should have. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I mean, I my pick was rooted in solid logic. I yours, think it was a great pick. Yours, uh, I was like, I feel like that was the one that I was probably the most confident in. Yeah, just because. And then Arthur Smith just didn't use him for yeah, a while. Yeah, it's his fault. Yep. I blame Arthur. I blame Arthur, too. And then uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year, guess who we had, correct? We, uh, we were stupid enough to pick Emmanuel Forbes. Both of us. <laughs> Will Anderson got that award. Sure did. Sure did. Did we do Comeback Player of the Year? We did not do Comeback Player of the Year. We did NFC Champs, AFC Champs. And then we pick the Super Bowl. That that makes sense. Uh, I there's I think we had we done it, we probably would have picked Tamar Hamlin. Yeah, I think I would have picked Tamar. Um, there's no way we could have known it was Joe Flacco. Although that too, because he was sitting on his couch. Yeah, I I did see a tweet that's very funny um, that we can laugh about because Tamar Hamlin's obviously doing great, um, but by naming Joe Flacco uh, comeback player of the year. What the voters have said is it is more difficult to come back off your couch and lead the Browns to the playoffs than it is to come back from dying and playing the NFL. That's how how steep the challenge is of taking the Browns to the playoffs. That's real. Apparently. Joe Joe Flacco played in six total games, Craig. I know. It it seems ridiculous. I mean, not that Hamlin played in a ton. Uh, Those guys, the the guys ahead of him. But, like, still, what he came back from? What he came back, yeah. I think that's or like a you know, give me like a Brees Hall who was a stud all year coming off the ACL. Yeah, his team just stunk. His team was terrible, but I don't know. Like what? Joe Flacco didn't really come back from anything. He just he He came back in the middle of the season because he wasn't signed. There was no there was nothing to overcome other than he was a free agent. I don't see why that counts as comeback player of the year. Like I don't understand why he's eligible. What did he come back from? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't. I, I don't get it at all. Who, not who, that. He, not that. I'm. Um, Flacco deserves recognition and praise. He was excellent. Sure. But comeback player of the year. Whack. Uh, all right. When we get back, uh, let's see. Here, here's what we still got in the show. We got Anthony's thoughts on the Super Bowl. Did you touch base with Dave? I texted Dave. Are we doing six fifteen or six thirty? Waiting for him to text me back. Hmm. Okay, well, I think Dave Johnson is going to join us at 6.30. I'm going to make a call there okay. uh, and say Dave's going to be at 6.30. So we'll have some thoughts from Anthony on the game. Uh, we got thoughts from Logan on the game, take command style. Uh, and then Dave Johnson will join us. That's how we wrap up the final uh, or the second half of the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app.
It's the offense show on the team 980. Always live as well. On the free Odyssey app, the home of the beeping computer thing that just likes to start in the middle of the show. It's not a smoke alarm because it's burning. What's what's worse? When the temperature drops or when that goes off? Um I mm. They're kind of both temporary because when the temperature drops, I just kind of give you the Trey Young shiver and you know it's time to go. Time to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, turn the to heat up. This I have no control over. <laughs> it just kind of starts going. I want to kick it. That probably is not good. Uh, we have told engineering, like, hey, this happens. Can we figure out? Because it's terribly uh, detrimental to the quality of our radio show. Um, so there's that, um, by the way, right now, the, uh, the replays on NFL network from last night, I forgot early fourth quarter. Remember when Purdy missed Samuel in the end zone? Yeah, he, like he's, it's, it's tough throw. He's getting pressured. It's like three missed throws that he had though. He had one to Ayuk, one to Samuel, and then he had, uh, uh, their last possession when they kicked the field goal on OT. Yeah. Like he gets pressured. Ayuk gets wide open in the back of the end zone, but well, Jennings Ayuk, is open for the yeah, first down. Yeah, Jennings, Jennings is open. Well, it's supposed to be an out and up to Jennings. Oh, well, he was and open And Jennings, I don't know whether he quit on the route or he just like didn't have time or whatever, but yeah, that's kind of how that went. Um, but then, like, another, this is also another lost moment in the game, about 12.45 to go in the game, um, the fourth down completion to Kittle. Like, you imagine if Kyle goes for that and doesn't get it? Like that, he goes for it. They get it. Um, It's the right call based off the situation. But at that point in the game, like that's the kind of thing. Like when when Dan Campbell goes for it on fourth down, right, and he doesn't get it, everyone kills him. It's like we should have just kicked it. And Kyle goes for it. They get it, and then nobody talks about it. No one's like, ah, what an amazing play! What an amazing gutsy call from Kyle Shanahan. It's like no, he just listen to what he should have done based off the situation. He, he coached it well. And like, you don't, it's a, it's, it's a lot of what sports media is. And I do this sometimes and I'll admit it, but like we love, it's so much easier to criticize the decisions that don't work because it's, there's more to talk about. Like, what do you say? Great call, great decision, great execution. Um, and that's like kind of it. But instead, uh, he goes for it. They get the touchdown a couple plays later to Jawan Jennings. And then I think the question, like, if you want to have a fun debate, should you try to go up five here instead of four? That's an old football debate. You're up three. What's the difference if you're up four or five? Like, you're already up three. You go to go four. No. Yeah, because but Jake it, Moody, right? But see, you make that face, but we know the result. Jake Moody gets the extra point blocked. He does get the extra point blocked, but I was doing a bit, Anthony. Oh, okay, like that's that's the kind of stuff that we do, though. It's like, well, you should have just you should have just gone for two. Yeah, like you, Moody's had trouble all year. Like, no, you make the right decision. Of course, you go you go for the higher percentage thing to make it a non field goal game. But your kicker, like the problem is you made a mistake in the draft, drafting this kicker in the fourth round who's not that good, and you pay for it in the Super Bowl. 
Mm-hmm. And then I'm mean, finally getting to see this again. God, he hooked the crap out of that. They said it came, it went off its ankle. Yeah, not good. Bad stuff. So the final 11-22 of the game, instead of being down by four, four the Chiefs are down by three. They ultimately get the field goal tie. Uh, off to overtime we go, and we know how that ends. Uh, all right, when we get back, uh, Anthony, do you want let's, to – let's go this. Let's go Anthony's thoughts on the game, and then depending on how we're doing on time, we'll get uh, – throw some take command in there as well. But Anthony, Anthony's got some strong takes. He's so strong that he put him. In, <laughs> he put him in the rundown. I was very upset. So uh, we'll unpack uh, Super Bowl Fifty Eight through the eyes of Anthony Haney next.